stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, you just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Just play, have fun, enjoy the game. This is a quote by Michael Jordan. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you, too, can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. We have launched our Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund for victims in and around Chico and desperately need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal giving funds with no additional fees. I'm Katie Chu. And I'm Kenneth John. So to start off our show today, which is all about sports, we are reading the chapter, The Gift of Sports, by Katie Lyons, a Lyons Roars radio sports reporter for Express Yourself. From our newest book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Well, let's jump right into it. Advertisements exhibiting millennials in stereotypical situations, taking selfies or self-absorbed in their electronics, exhaust me. Okay, there have been a few tragic events where their attempt to capture an amazing selfie has led to falls from bridges or attacks by bison in Yellowstone. And okay, let's admit that most of us carry at least one, if not two, electronic devices in our pocket, on our wrist or in our bag. But what gets me is that by always showing millennials in these situations, advertisers are contributing to the misperception that all we are is narcissistic, entitled, and lazy. This certainly doesn't align with my view of our generation or my experiences. For as long as I can remember, I have been very active in sports, and it is my goal to play Division I water polo in college. There are many others like me who have devoted countless hours to their sport in middle school, high school, and college, and who find these stereotypical depictions of millennials far from the mark. Recently, at an open house for prospective water polo players at a top national university, I had a poignant conversation with a few highly successful scholar athletes on this very topic. They argued that the typical negative stereotypes unfairly assigned to Generation Y in the media don't apply to them. In fact, every athlete with whom any of them had trained is the opposite of narcissistic, entitled, and lazy. These talented athletes pointed out that because their sport takes constant commitment and effort, they have learned to apply that work ethic to everything they do and to never give up no matter how difficult things may seem. They also agreed that athletes learn early on the value of teamwork and that together they can achieve so much more than they could alone. TEAM is an acronym for Together Everyone Achieves More. As athletes, they can handle and even welcome criticism because feedback is used to improve their performance. 
And finally, they told me that being involved in sports has taught them time, time management, life and work balance, and the importance of taking personal responsibility. Everything they said struck a chord because it made me realize how important sports are, underscoring everything I had already learned and the important, important skills other people can learn by being involved with sports. I admire these players, and as someone who has played a variety of sports and desires to play water polo in college, I realized I've been learning these life lessons without even knowing it. All of these abilities are critical to fuel success in school, college, careers, and life in general. But these aren't traits normally attributed to millennials. Instead, we see our generation being depicted as self-absorbed techies with poor social skills who are the first to quit their jobs or give up on an activity if it doesn't come easy or go their way. In my experience, it is exactly the opposite. My teammates and friends work hard together to improve. Water polo is an extremely tough and challenging sport, yet we don't give up. I know I am not alone. There are many in our generation who don't fit the media stereotypes and many who have found that sports are one of the greatest ways to avoid being typecast. I love being in shape and pushing my physical abilities to the limit. I love competing and I love winning. I love the camaraderie of my teammates and the encouragement of my coaches. I love always discovering new things. I love working to improve. I love everything that being an athlete has taught me. The value of hard work, the value of teamwork, the value of communication, the value of criticism, the value of time management. I love the confidence it has given me. My conviction is clear. If I work hard enough, anything is possible. Instead of being a millennial basher, be a millennial believer. Rather than being defined as lazy, entitled, selfish, and shallow, try hardworking, team-oriented, and always striving for improvement. If the media portrayed millennials in a positive light, it would inspire everyone to embody these characteristics. Like the young woman on the college team, I have come to realize the many skills sports teach me outside of the pool. I walked back to the car after meeting those amazing athletes, more committed than ever to pursue my dream of playing water polo at the top-tier college program and seeking the best possible definition for who I am. Sports have motivated me to the best to be the best version of me. Sports are the greatest of gifts. And here we have an exercise, parks and recreation. Here's a great thing that you can try with your family or friends to have some fun and at the same time help you un- to understand some of the gifts of sports, even if you don't consider yourself an athlete. The next time you're hanging out with friends or family, try organizing an informal game with two teams competing against one another. It doesn't matter how many people are on a team or which game you decide to play. You could play dodgeball, pickleball, ultimate frisbee, ping pong, tennis, badminton, soccer, flag football, soccer, or any other game of your choice. All that matters is that you've organized teams to compete. Now have some fun and see what happens when you play the game. Notice notice what it takes to be successful. Which team had better teamwork, better communication, and better effort? Who learned from their mistakes? The point of this exercise is not to see which team wins or loses, just to have fun and enjoy the sport of the game. Yeah, well, that was a great chapter, and I agree with a lot of the points that Katie brought up uh, in her chapter, not only about, you know, the value of sports, but also about how millennials are portrayed and how, like, uh, I guess, exercise and activities like sports can uh, be used to avoid being typecast. I know that, I mean, I'm not a millennial, I'm in the next generation, so I guess I'm kind of out of the crossfire. But yeah, there is that kind of uh, uh, stereotype with young people being lazy, young people being entitled to a lot of things. And I guess it is kind of true to some degree, but yeah, I've noticed more and more that like people my age and you know 
the people slightly older than me, teenagers, young adults, really admire being ambitious and hardworking. So I don't think those like media stereotypes are particularly accurate. I definitely agree. I mean, even within our own generations, I think sometimes we don't realize how much we, how much all of us actually achieve. For example, especially with um, as I was applying to college last year and people were, you know, asking for help, um, you know, asking each other to look at each other's resumes or take a look at each other's essays just for some extra advice. And there were so many times when I was just reading an essay and I go, oh, I didn't, I had no idea you volunteered there. I had no idea you played this. I didn't even know you did this. And they're like, oh yeah, I just did this. But um, I never really told anyone. And you just don't realize how much everyone in our generation, the generations above and below, really actually do achieve, even as teens, because we don't really talk about it as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, exactly, yeah. I think the thing about sports is just that it's very easy to see how people, how much people are hard, uh, hardworking and, you know, uh, putting in effort, you know, because sports are a very physical Mm-hmm. activity so it's just it's really obvious when someone's trying their hardest or trying their best um you know when older people or something or older people or you know the media looks at teens just all on the internet and using devices and stuff um i don't think a lot of people understand that just that's kind of our lifestyle now and a lot of our information and a lot of our activities are kind of embedded in that uh, online system so it's not necessarily that we're just lazy we're just more connected to um, I guess those kinds of devices and systems. I definitely, you're definitely right there. I mean, everything that we do, especially even often education classes, all have their homework and information online. So you end up being on your computer. And while you're on your computer, you tend to do other things too. And it just happens that that's how <laughs> a lot of, a lot of our daily life goes by for a lot of teens and, you know, even preteens, kids and obviously anyone older college students spend a lot of time on their computers but um yeah I think sports are definitely kind of something where you can spend time off of electronics but have an amazing time and get great things from it for example just playing a sport with your friends is super beneficial for just in the way you're spending time and getting to be able to have those experiences with your friends. For example, um, in during my senior year, my friends and I actually took some time every few weeks to just go play badminton or play basketball just for fun, you know, do something new and kind of in out in the out outside of our homes or off electronics just to kind of have that time and that experience with each other before going off to college. Yeah, there is that like nice unique value to sports because it's so universally understood and it's kind of timeless. You know, some sports are like hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a, it's something that everybody can like do and everybody understands how valuable it is. Um, yeah. You know, working with a team to achieve some like goal in a game is it's a nice experience that almost everybody has gone through at some point, you know, sports like physical activity is a kind of, uh, I guess, universal connector Uh, like a very simplified version of being able to achieve a goal. So it's, yeah, it's just something that everybody knows about, everybody understands. Mm -hmm. I 
for sure agree that it's something that people generally understand to be super beneficial and very like very unique in that it can help you build so many different types of skills and I feel like that's why for a lot of people as kids they either start off playing music or sports because music and sports are you know ways that you can really gain a lot of different kind of skills and I think one of those skills that is common between the two for sure is being able to dedicate yourself to something and really practice at it and continue doing that for a long period of time. And you learn to have endurance, to be patient with yourself, but also to really commit to something. Yeah, they're like very raw, uncomplicated. Not to say, you know, sports and music are uncomplicated because they're (laughs) usually really complicated, but as in like... (laughs) Yeah, just setting a goal, uh, taking the steps uh, you need to take to get yourself to improve upon those, um, improve upon your abilities and eventually reach that goal. Yeah, that's just something that um, even little kids can start to set up in their minds. And Mm -hmm. yeah, those kinds of activities are just a really good direct way to build those life skills. (laughs) That's definitely true, for sure. Any, honestly, playing sports at any age is, just a huge, you know, a huge plus for you and whoever you're playing it with, or even if you're playing it alone, it's it's great for you to include in your daily life. Well, that was a great way to begin our show. That's all the time we have for this segment, but we'll be back to talk about the new year and about the view of sports from Kenneth's segment 2020 Vision in our next segment. Listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so check out www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Katie Chu. I'm Kenneth Chun. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash are. Make sure to also pick up the new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers at cynthiabryan.com slash online store. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Empowerment. I'm Kenneth John on Express Yourself, and today's show focuses on sports. And I'm Katie Chu. Each week on Express Yourself, we base our program on a chapter from our newest book, Be the Star You Are Millennials to Boomers, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world. 
like we just read, the gift of chapters. So the theme today is sports, or the gift of sports. Available at www.cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store, you can find this book. For this segment, we'll be starting off with a great edition of Kenneth's segment, 2020 Vision. Take it away, Kenneth. Thanks, Katie. So I haven't talked about pure technical photography in a while. So for today's sports theme, I want to do exactly that. Sports are a very common subject for photos, and they make up a notable amount of media attention in general, so it's no wonder why sports photography has been so perfected and refined by countless specialists. Today, I just want to talk about a few of those steps that these specialist photographers take to make their sports photos striking and unique. So, starting with the basics, capturing sports, or most lively actions for that matter, requires a special niche within what's sometimes known as the exposure triangle. The exposure triangle is a figurative triangle formed by the three basic camera settings, aperture, ISO, and shutter speed, and describes how these three factors interact to decrease or increase the amount of light used in taking a photo. Shutter speed controls how fast the camera shutter opens and closes, which affects how long the sensor is exposed to light. A fast shutter speed freezes motion, so that's exactly what you want. People recommend having at most a speed of 1 200th of a second, but pros use much faster, 1 500th or 1 1,000th of a second. Now, keeping the shutter speed fast means that you'll have to crank up the other two parts of the triangle to bring in enough light. Increasing ISO makes the image graining, so you'll probably want to focus on increasing aperture. Increasing aperture means you get a very shallow field of focus. So, if you don't know too much about camera settings and are kind of lost, basically, your camera is set to freeze movement, but your shots will have a blurry background. With these restrictions, the rest is up to positioning. Unless you're trying to capture the chaos of a line defense or a tackle, a wide shot is probably just going to look awkward and messy, especially with that contrast in focus. Uh, place, your sp- place yourself in spots where you can frame specific moments with a couple players. You want to be as close to the action as possible to have your pictures be sharp and clean. Something that is a lot more important than some people might think is knowing the sport you're photo- photographing. You don't need to be able to professionally analyze each game, but you should be familiar with most of the rules and procedures. If you know what happens after touchdown in football, then you know one team is going to punt the ball. I mean, after doing the field goal. Uh, You know not to follow the kicker, but to go to the other end of the field where the ball will be in a few seconds. Being familiar with the game helps you anticipate where the action will be, allowing you to be in the perfect position for those game-changing tackle, interception, jump shots, deal, or touchdown money shots. And so the last thing I want to mention is that personality goes a long way. This may may or may not be really obvious, but sports photos matter the most when you can feel a strong emotion. Being able to marvel at exceptional plays is great, but the main reason why we play and watch sports is to feel excitement and tension. From there, you can mix in all sorts of emotions like joy, desperation, satisfaction, admiration, disappointment, or even anger. The best sports photos reflect some kind of feeling specifically attached to a play, a game, or an athlete's career. Luckily, a picture of an intense key moment will usually translate into strong emotion. For example, the famous photo from Walter Lewis Jr. of Michael Jordan mid-jump during the 1988 NBA dunk contest effectively conveys a sense of concentration and achievement. The low angle looking up emphasizes Jordan's one-of-a-kind ability and stardom, and the strained expression on Jordan's face displays his energetic devotion and connection to the sport of basketball. But even then, you don't need an insane play to make a picture interesting. Neil Leifer's photograph of Muhammad Ali yelling down at Sonny Liston in the boxing ring is one of the most iconic photos of all time even beyond just sports photography. And nothing's really happening in the context of the match. The action was already over. Yeah, Liston had just gotten knocked out in the first round, but that's only one piece of the puzzle. It's even debated whether Liston had actually been defeated. Some say he intentionally took a dive during the match, but that kind of adds to how great this picture is. 
it's not about the match. It's about all these reactions to the match, his opponent, and himself. Without knowing anything about the fight or even the sport of boxing, the photo still works as an amazing display of an athlete's ferocity and bravado. The intensity of Ali's face, his famous pose, and the stark emptiness of the background are what really drive home the legendary status captured in the picture. It's a fiery image for a fiery sport. Wow, that was an that was an incredible segment, Kenneth. Honestly, I there were a lot of things I didn't know, and even if <laughs> you may have said that they may or may not be obvious, actually the facts like having to know the sport you're photographer you're photographing and really noticing that the emotional moment in the sport may be the best way to capture a picture is actually something something really big in photography and something that I, I at least didn't really realize until now. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah just wanted to thank you for that. Uh, yeah, that's all kind of stuff. I have, some of it I've actually kind of learned from experience. Um, you know, I'm not a great sports photographer by any means. I'm not, you know... I'm far from a professional, but yeah, I do. Um, I'm part of the school paper for my school, and I take photos of like football games and things like that. And yeah, I remember like running around. I mean, I knew the rules of football, but for some reason that just didn't connect to me. I knew the rules of uh, football, but yeah, I was still just running around trying to chase the ball. I couldn't really get good shots. Yeah, and just like going through all that practice, it really helped me, you know, develop develop what uh, what kind of actions that I should take on the field. Right. Like, you were saying that you know not to follow the kicker, but honestly, I, I would probably follow the kicker. <laughs> like, you would not see the ball. That would be like, totally out of the photo, and I'd be like, oh, I forgot. I got to take a photo of the ball going there, too. But, yeah, no. Be- having to be familiar with the game to know what your next move is is definitely... I'm sure a huge part of taking those perfect photos and especially you know it was always kind of hard to understand what made you know photographers great or you know an experienced photographer's photos so much better than someone who had just started and it's really hard to understand what may be behind that especially between like younger photographers as you know a lot of students really get into photography maybe in high school or in college and it's kind of hard to notice what factors go into what makes, you know, one more experienced or better at it than the other. And I definitely think a lot of the points that you touched upon in your segment have a lot to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. There's like a lot of kind of subtleties, I guess you could call them, um, mm-hmm. with uh, what really good, strong uh, photographers do and, you know, the steps they take to prepare or, uh, frame a photo and yeah there are a lot of intricate little details that uh, that are good to know just to make your uh, photo that much better mm-hmm. you mentioned in your segment how basically all types of lively action require similar camera settings but are there any real significant differences when it comes to photo- photographing sports versus doing something like photographing something like a march or a protest um, I think that usually comes down to like the context of why you're taking the photograph. Usually if you're going to like a protest or something like that, you want to be pretty candid. You don't want to manipulate the story or anything. You just want to, you know, describe what's happening through a visual medium. And yeah, there is that um, element of capturing an emotion and, you know, trying to frame 
uh, that entire moment or that entire event into one picture. But I think with sports, there's this kind of nice, uh, interesting aspect where a sport a sports game is almost like a story. There's usually like some kind of loose narrative attached to most uh, sports games, whether that be like, you know, an underdog trying to win or two really dominant rivals going head to head. And I think, yeah, it's almost like shooting like a movie where you could kind of uh, frame your photo uh, according to that context and according to that pre- like predetermined emotion. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like shooting the key moments, <laughs> like yeah. you said in the movie, getting the key events in there, which, like we were mentioning earlier, also requires kind of knowing the game, knowing where the game is headed, and knowing the times when to take the perfect photo. Would you say when you have to photograph a sport, it's more like taking, you know, a million, a million photos and ending up, ending up with a couple that you choose, or really having to find the right perfect timing to take that photo? Oh, uh, it's kind of like both. Yeah, um, obviously you don't want to just be constantly like pressed <laughs> down on the uh, button, just oh, taking like, millions of photos. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, that's kind of just like wasting your storage, wasting your time, I guess. So you just want to look for those key moments. But yeah, it, it's basically impossible to capture just one moment perfectly. So you do want to just be keeping it on like a burst mode and just uh, continuously firing during like a very intense moment. Mm -hmm. So talking about, you know, kind of sports, we've talked about a couple, you know, football, but um, what, which sports are, if you know, the hardest to like photograph, which, and which are the easiest? Um, I think it would have to be, you know, like team sports. And that's probably pretty like logical. Uh, you know, if you have a team sport and there's a lot of different people on a field, it's pretty hard to pick out the right moment to um, capture. You know, there are a lot of different things going on and you mm-hmm. want to find, you know, like I said, those couple players that are uh, key, key uh, players in the game. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, looking for that like needle in a haystack is pretty hard with those extensive um, multiplayer sports, I guess. Uh, the easiest ones, yeah, would probably just be the opposite. Um, you know, they're not really easy, per se, mm-hmm. but, yeah, they're, it's simpler to be able to capture one athlete's emotion or one athlete's mindset during a game in something maybe like tennis or, yeah, like mm-hmm. golf, you can kind of uh, capture that the tension or, like, concentration surrounding that athlete much easier just because they're kind of isolated right right and you know something like golf you're not quite moving as fast and you know if you do take burst shots right after right as they finish their swing then you're gonna get one of those you know really good looking you know golf photos where he just finished his swing and you know his his he's his balls you know the golf ball is just about to head off into, you know, wherever. And those really cool photos just come out from moments like that. But you're able to capture that moment because the photographer is in front of that person alone <laughs> and they're about to make their swing and you can tell they're about to make their swing. But yeah, um, yeah. that was an incredible segment, Kenneth, really. But unfortunately, we are out of time. and But we'll be continuing in the next segment.
To help you on your journey, pick up a copy of our book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, celebrating gifts of positive voices in the changing digital world. I'm Katie Chu. And I'm Kenneth John. Visit www.bethestaryouare.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be the Star You Are. And look forward to chapters from our new anthology, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, which is available now. Go to www.bethestaryouare.org slash events to find out more about upcoming opportunities for spreading positivity as a part of our charity. Make sure to keep listening as our show on sports continues. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Empowerment. I'm Katie Chu, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. This edition of of Express Yourself is about sports. I'm Kenneth John. For this segment, Katie and I will be talking about sports in today's society, from the social norms that surround it to the most unique sports out there. So to start, I want to ask a question. Um, You know, like we kind of briefly mentioned this in segment one about, you know, how young people are viewed as um, one thing or another. Uh, the jock and nerd culture has always been around. And, you know, it can be seen in real life, media, and more often than not, entertainment. Uh, I know that you just went to college this past year. Uh, can you comment on anything that seems different at college? How is that culture at college as compared to high school? Well, I definitely think for our generation compared to, you know, maybe previous years, that the jock and nerd culture isn't as strong and there isn't quite a divide between the jock and nerd culture. And it's not, and if it is present, I would say it's less so in a negative way. For example, it's not as so, you know, jocks are way more dominant than nerds are or or in that kind of negative view, but it's more that, you know, athletes do end up spending a lot more time around each other. And so they end up becoming closer to each other. Whereas students who, are more into academic activities, end up spending a lot more time around each other. So there is still obviously those kind of that kind of divide possibly in friend groups and especially in teen years, but that's definitely not in a negative way for either side. It's usually more because of convenience and just how you spend your time like that. But 
at college, there is definitely a decrease in that kind of stereotypical view and that kind of prejudice against jocks or nerds because everyone at college, to some extent, wants to, is there for a reason. A lot of them are there to, you know, fulfill some kind of goal by the end of college to study something they like to study or be able to get these opportunities or be able to excel in this field of study or if, if it's not a study, you know, this kind of sport. And you know that in college, a lot of, peop- a lot of people are far more serious about their aspirations and goals and people recognize that. So there, I wouldn't say there's a jock nerd culture at college, but still I would say that I... And this is true of most colleges, I believe, that athletes, especially who are part of the college team or are recruits, are extremely busy. It's hard to see them around just um, spending time with the rest of the school because they're spending so much time during practices or going to games. And that's just how they choose to commit their time, which is really respectable. But also it's hard to really spend a lot of time around the athletes in college. Yeah, I, I think that kind of mindset um, is also pretty present in high school. You know, it's mm-hmm. high school society is a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of us aren't as like mature as actual like college adults and stuff. But there, I think there is this bigger understanding that it's just how people spend their time. Like, if you want to be a good football player, then I don't, you just spend more time like learning about football, practicing that. If you're more interested in like what math competitions or whatever you do that there is still that kind of divide usually those two groups don't really hang out with each other that much Mm -hmm. but yeah like you said it's not really that negative it's either you know kind of like facetious like it's Mm -hmm. more just jokes at each other or it's just like uh, you do your thing I do my thing kind of thing right um and it's not that big of a problem at least not as much as like old tv shows and old movies would have people believe Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea that you kind of pursue what you want to pursue is so strong that there's just, everyone has respect for each other's passions. Like you mentioned, if you're really into math competitions, then, you know, people around respect you for your passion for math competitions and the practice and time you put into that. Or if you're really committed to a sport, then people will equally respect you for the amount of time and effort you put into that. So I think, like you mentioned, our college in high school just society in general today recognizes that you know it's just how people choose to put their efforts into and their time and commitment into um, in different parts of their life but um, I want to ask you being you being an athlete as well I know you swam for a few years I want to ask if you felt that swimming made some kind of significant difference or a change in your daily life, your social life, school life, personality, so on. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I have swam for a few years. I did it when I was like, I did it for a few years, maybe three years in like middle school, three or four. I don't remember (laughs) middle school, (laughs) elementary school around that time. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, it was mostly just, a thing for me to do, I guess, just something to put my energy into. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the best. I didn't love it. Like, I wasn't very good. I'm still not, like, <laughs> great now. But I wasn't very good back then, you know. Um, 
I was kind of friendly with the other people on the swim team, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was often bored by it. I didn't want to go to it, but it, I guess it still served a use as just something for me to spend my time with. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't just sitting around playing video games and watching TV all day. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I swam in high school, and that was a much more positive experience for me. Um, I made I, like a lot of friends through the swimming team. Um, mm-hmm. I also kind of uh, what's yeah, what was pretty different is that I didn't really care about being good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't like horrible or anything, but I didn't really focus on being the best at school or best on the school team. I just kind of went there and just tried my hardest, um, tired myself out, and just went home. And approaching it from that mindset, I think, really helped me. It just taught me a lot about how to deal with um, activities that are maybe tiring or straining. It's Mm -hmm. just, you think of it as something, like, fun, as just something you go to to um, almost relax with. Not really relax, but, like, I guess psychologically relax. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my social life, yeah, I, like I said, I gained a lot of friends. It was a really positive experience, and it's just, it's taught me a lot. Yeah, I think there are a lot of different ways that, you know, people are able to learn from and that people choose, what people choose to do with the sports that they're involved in. For example, I know I have a I have one cousin who decided to go to a junior college because he wanted to devote more time playing golf after high school he was like I really want to spend the next next few years really focusing on golf in a way that I haven't been able to during high school and I had so much respect for him I was like wow that's an incredible decision I'm super proud of you and I'm super supportive and he's been doing exactly that he's been you know, taking a few classes at his junior college, but consistently going to golf tournaments, golf competitions with um, a couple with the golf team at the junior college with who he um, and who he lives with too. He lives with his team members um, away from home in their own apartment. And he really loves that. He says he's become so close to that team and is able to, kind of engage in a team team environment that he hasn't been able to experience as strongly before. But then on the other side, I ha- also have a um, cousin who was recruited as a soccer player, but then ended up playing, doing both, engaging in both college sports as a soccer player and devoting a lot of time to that, but also being really committed to his engineering major which he also graduated in a degree with. So for him, he he was both really involved in academics and in sports because he was interested in both. And people just decide to spend their experiences and their commitment to their sport in different ways. Yeah, you know, sports in like any capacity is a pretty great thing. You know, mm-hmm. provides you with a pretty unique experience that a lot of people can grow from. Um, that brings us to you. You are a highly competitive archer. Um, how do you think that the competition changed or affected you? Um, I view archery as kind of a way that I learned, honestly, a lot of different things. But really, although I'm, I'm sure archery played a factor into a lot of the activities I did later, for example, starting an archery club at my school, but it also taught me 
how to really engage in a club because I was part of an archery club and really understand what it takes to be a leader. And being able to regularly interact with someone like my coach really played a huge role in my life. Having someone continuously supportive, but also someone who's a mentor in a sport, in the sport and in general, just helping me along was a huge, had a huge impact on my life. But to say, honestly, like you were saying about swimming for me, um, it wasn't necessarily the sport of archery so much in the end. Like right now I'm not currently doing a lot of archery, but when I look back on it, I'm thinking more about the people I spent that time with, um, the club members I would travel to competitions with, the commitment I put into it, the time and effort that it required more than the actual sport itself. Yeah. 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 you talked about how like coaches play a really cool role in our lives. I've never really had that experience, even though like I was part of the swimming team. I guess my friends kind of uh, filled that niche. Um, could you elaborate on like what your your relationship with your coach? Um, I was very close to my coach in that I regularly saw her at least a few times a week. You know, kept in contact with her consistently and. She would ask me about other things that are going on in my life. And she always understood if I had a different commitment. For example, if I had some kind of, you know, academic activity coming up, then she would understand that, oh, you need to spend some time on that. While, you know, she was harder on other students who were more committed to the sport. And she definitely adjusted her personal expectations and her teaching skills for each of her students to really make us feel like we were connected to her. And I'd love to talk more about coaches, but unfortunately we are running out of time, even though I absolutely love this conversation that we're having and we'll just have to move on to our final segment. Yeah. So I'm Katie Chu. (laughs) And I'm Kenneth Chun. Uh, Find more information about our show at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Make sure to follow Be The Star You Are and express yourself at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Be the star you are.org to support our show and find more information about our literacy and positive, mes- positive media charity that has been named a top rated nonprofit for years now. Stay tuned for our next segment where I will be doing, or while well, Katie will be doing another, another installation of her segment, Aim to Sheep. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our show. My name is Katie Chu, and you're listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio. And I'm Kenneth Jun. For our fourth and final segment for today, Katie will be talking about sports from a career standpoint with a bit of a personal twist with another installation of our segment, Aim to Shoot. Take it away, Katie. So as teens, there are so many students who love to watch and analyze sports, but don't play them. And then there are students who love to watch and play sports, and there are students who commit their everyday lives to a sport that they absolutely love. And for all three of these groups of students, there are many paths to a successful career and steps to get there. In general, for those who plan to pursue a career as a professional athlete, sports have been a part of their life for quite a while. They may play in school or may very likely play for a team outside of school, which happens pretty often as they want to spend more time beyond what their school team has in participating in that sport. And these students may have been playing the sport since they basically learned how to walk or since kindergarten or elementary school. But that being said, students can still start sports in middle school and high school and become professional athletes, especially if they're willing to devote the time and energy necessary to get there. And athletes who play team sports often are able to get their training from high school teams and clubs. And whoever is trying or anyone who wants to start a sport or participate in it can usually just try out for a school team or even a school club, and even that can lead you to a professional athlete, um, professional career as an athlete in the future. So athletes who do participate in team sports can often get their training and practice from high school teams and clubs, teams outside of school, college teams and clubs, and so on. Whereas athletes who play individual teams or individual sports often have a personal coach and receive private or group lessons. And this happens quite often as an individual sport often requires that you have a more personalized, a unique um, experience learning and have a coach who can help personalize the type of skills that you need to be able to be successful in that sport. So in college, students who do choose to pursue a professional career as an athlete can often choose between a large variety of majors and minors. Generally, a lot of athletes do choose to study sports management to widen their career field, specifically in the world of sports when they do go into the professional world. But honestly, a lot of athletes can study anything from material science to English. Like I mentioned before, I had a cousin who played soccer at Stanford but was spending a lot of time also studying engineering there. One factor to consider, though, is that sports can require a lot of time on a daily basis. Especially in college, a lot of college athletes spend a lot of their time with their team or practicing or on the field. And because of that, they aren't able to attend a lot of classes. My cousin often mentioned how he could barely make it to one of his lab classes because he always had practice and his commitment 
was to his coach and team first. So he would always go to the practice, miss class all the time, barely passing one of the classes he needed to pass for his major, but eventually being able to manage it. Still, obviously, for him to mention it as many times as he did, it was difficult to really be able to balance having to spend so much time doing soccer, but also manage his academics. So when you're trying to choose a major to um, to pursue in college, you should definitely take into, co- into consideration that you'll be spending a lot of time away from classes, away from your dorm, perhaps on a field or in a court, and that may cause you to be limited in the number of classes you can take per semester or how much time you can commit to academics. So things to know about being a professional athlete is that Athletes earn a median annual salary of about $47,000, according to 2016 2016 statistics. And nearly 11,800 people were employed as professional athletes in 2014. But half of the people who are employed as professional athletes work in the spectator sports industry. And a good thing, if you want to be a professional athlete in the near future, is that the job outlook for professional athletes is very good, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The government agency predicts employment to grow as fast as other jobs through 2026. So you've got a lot of years ahead for the occupation to keep growing and improving if you're looking to be a professional athlete. Obviously, some disadvantages are the fact that you may be expected to work when the public has time to watch sports, for example, on weekends and holidays, and your work schedule will probably be unbalanced. You might have to train, travel, compete a lot throughout the season of your sport, and that'll cause you to have a um, possibly unpredictable schedule just on a weekly basis. But during times when it isn't your season for for your sport, you, you'll probably have a lot of downtime. And during this downtime, a lot of athletes tend to do other things or take other jobs for a bit. But of course, if you don't want to be a professional athlete, but you love sports, there are a lot of different options you could have. For example, you could be a fitness director or a coach, a general manager, a sports journalist. Or you could work in areas like sports marketing, sports medicine, uh, sports psychology. For example, I know someone who is pursuing um, sports medicine and trying to work in that field. While I also know someone who recently he recently moved out of my college to and transferred to another one to really be able to pursue his passion in sports marketing. So it really depends on what kind of work you want to be doing, and all of these. For all of these professions, you could try pursuing various degrees. A lot of times people will go towards sports management or kinesiology, but you can also really go for any sports-related, health-related, fitness-related degree, and that will definitely lead you to any type of career. In. And if you're in high school or in college and you're thinking, what can I do right now to work in the sports industry when I'm older, is some is considering internships and you may think, okay, what kind of internships are offered for students who want to go into this kind of industry? And actually there are a lot of internships. For example, 
um, a couple that are offered by professional sports organizations are like the NBA internship program, which is a 10-week summer program that exposes participants to the many facets of the NBA, WNBA, and NBA D-League. But let's say your interest isn't in basketball, but it's in football. Then the NFL Junior Rotational Program has or allows interns to receive comprehensive orientation and training, participate in mentor assignments, network with other participants. And beyond basketball, football, we have hockey opportunities as well. For hockey, each NHL team has its own internship program. For example, the New York Rangers is associated with the Madison Square Garden Company associate program. And for baseball, you have the MLB and the Office of the Commissioner, who both manage a formal paid summer internship program for students who have completed at least their sophomore year of college. And then with soccer, each MLS team organizes its own individual internship program. So with depending on which sport you're interested in, you can definitely find internships out there available where you can start to immerse, immerse yourself into the sports industry and that particular sport or in a certain type of work that you'd like to be doing and get started on creating your career early in high school, college, and so on. But to be quite honest, you have so many options that you can decide to do this later in the year, to, later in your career path too. You don't necessarily have to start in high school or your early college years, and you don't have to necessarily be doing these internships to choose to do that. You can always later after pursuing something totally unrelated like engineering or English and then choose to move more towards sports by um, immersing yourself in different kind of programs or looking for those opportunities out there where you can learn more about it. Yeah, that's, that was a really interesting segment. Thank you for that. Yeah. There, I never knew about like how broad this like entire industry and field is. There's so many different uh, aspects that you can pursue. And yeah, it was really interesting to know about, you know, the lifestyle, the stability of a professional athlete, things like that. Yeah, I never really, I was never really familiar with those kinds of things. Um, uh, yeah, and also, you know, it was really helpful to know all those different, um, I guess, high school, the early, early preparation steps that you can take to pursue a uh, job in this kind of field. Um, I mean, I personally won't yeah. probably won't be doing anything like that. But yeah, it's just some really <laughs> useful information to have out there um, yeah. for any listeners to um, know about. Well, unfortunately, um, I think we're out of time now for this show and this segment. Thank you, Katie, for another amazing segment. But again, we'll be saying goodbye for the week. We gave our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world and our listeners for making us a top-rated program. I'm Kenneth Chun. And I'm Katie Chu. You've been listening to Expect Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, make this the best year of your life. Volunteer, enjoy sports, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. 
Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself.